0: That's the Bible. God's desire to speak and to do is revealed from Genesis to Revelation. We see in Genesis, now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. Are we all following? Yeah. Here we see how the spirit of God was present over the formless void and as God spoke, light broke into the darkness. Everybody say amen. This is what we're going to discuss in this section, how God, who, is, who has spoken since the beginning, wants to speak to you through the Holy Spirit, create order and beauty in your life through your lives and in the lives of others. Praise God. That's why we're all here. Okay, so this next few sections is like the permission to hear God's voice. It's for everybody. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. It doesn't matter about your economic standing. It doesn't matter about your profession. God's desire is to speak to every one of us. Okay, point A everybody read it with me. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Okay, about two people read that with me. Let's all read it. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. Yeah. Okay. Point B. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Point C. For you can all prophesy so that all may learn and be encouraged. I love being encouraged. I love being prophesied over. Sometimes you just need it. Okay, fine. I'll read it again. For you can all prophesy so that all may learn and be encouraged. Okay, let's quickly read these verses and then we'll start talking about the practicals. Or not the verses, but these these points after the verses. Point A that by Jesus saying his sheep hear his voice, he not only gave permission for certain special people to hear, when God speaks, but he actually imparted the ability to all those who choose to follow him. God literally just told us we all have the ability to hear. Point B, 1 Corinthians 14.1 says that not only that we can hear, sorry, <laughs> says actually, when we hear his voice, it is not only for personal gain, but the fruit of hearing God's voice is that all may learn and be encouraged. Amen. Okay, words of knowledge. Are we all following? Awesome. Words of knowledge are so fun. Words of knowledge are like a doorway into people's lives. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever gotten one or had one gotten for them. I was just talking to someone yesterday. I forget your name. Someone was like, oh man, I went to go pray for someone, and I got that they were a John the Baptist for... The generation, and the guy was like, oh my gosh, my name is John. And that, like, that's a word of knowledge. That's crazy. Okay, Paul listed different gifts in First Corinthians, and words of knowledge is one of them. There are various ways to receive words of knowledge. Words of knowledge are words for the moment, for that moment. Words of knowledge are pieces of information um, you don't naturally know. God gives you, while prophecies are to encourage, comfort, and build up. As Christians, it's a part of who we are. Amen. So as Christians, it's a part of who we are to hear God's voice. There are a few different ways to hear God's voice. There's a a few different ways to receive words of knowledge. You feel it. You feel it in pain. You feel it in your body. I feel like Frenchie shared a testimony of his friend feeling back pain. Goes up to the guy, hey, is there pain in your back? He's like, whoa, how would you know that? Right? Everybody following, you feel it. You think it. I feel like this is kind of more how I operate you think it, you get an impression, a thought comes in your mind. I remember I was in Nepal a few years ago and I see this guy sitting on the sidewalk and I feel like God starts talking to me about him. And I'm like, hey, bro, I feel like God is, uh, or I didn't, I didn't say that. I'm, I said, hey, do you have a wife? Do you have kids? Um, and he was like, yeah. And he starts looking at his hands and he starts covering his hands. And he's like, are you a palm reader? And I said, no. Um, and he's like, fine, tell me more. And I said, you have two kids, a boy and a girl, gave him his age, gave him the age of his wife because this is what God was telling me. And he was like, oh my gosh, how do you know all this? And I was like, I don't, but God knows all this and he sees you and he loves you. And so words of knowledge are just an incredible way into someone's life. They like immediately just bring walls down. Um, I mean, we all know like how weird it is to go up to someone and just start talking to them and They're like, whoa, who are you? When you get a word of knowledge, it's like, oh my gosh, this person knows me and I don't know, I don't know how. Um, Anyway, another way you see it, um, it's like a mental picture or a daydream for some people. It's like a vision. You can read it. Sometimes this means that you see words where there are no words. You look at it at somebody, you could see a word on them. I don't know if anyone's ever heard this, we've had people come and They look at someone and they're like, I see business over your life. Um, And they're like, I could see it just in a word right there over your head. Um, But God does that sometimes. I've never experienced it, but I've definitely been in the room when someone's operating like that. Um, You read it. This means... Oh, no, I just said that. You speak it. You can say it. This uh, never happens until you're talking. It happens when you're praying for someone and you hear someone and you hear yourself saying something you didn't plan to say and it actually surprises you. Um, I was praying for Grace yesterday. Grace, are you in the room? Grace, you know who I'm talking about from Nepal. There she is. She's amazing. Yeah. There are like actually legends in this room in this student body. Grace, um, grew up as a missionary, and she lives in Nepal, her family's in Nepal, incredible. Uh, but I felt like God started talking to me about grace, and I was like, okay, I'll go start saying, grace, I feel like. And then all of a sudden, these starts, starts giving me words of knowledge and prophecy about her. Um, as I was just talking, you know, it wasn't something that I came up with in my own mind, but as I was obedient and going to talk to her, God was giving me more and more in ways that I can encourage her. Um, are you with me? Okay, you can experience it. You can receive it by having an unusual experience. You don't understand it, but the Lord explains to you how to interpret for what he wants to do. And the last one is you can dream it. You can receive a word of knowledge through dreams, dreaming about the information. My wife is a huge dreamer, and she's always getting dreams about people, especially my small group. I remember a few years ago, these boys that needed a ton of discipleship. She'd always get dreams about them. Carlo, this is my dream. Please reach out to them. And I would text them. I'd be like, really, Micaiah? How do you know it's real? Like, how do you know this is what God's saying? So, and it would literally happen weekly. And so I'd text them, bro, are you dealing with this? And they'd be like, yes, how did you know? And so this would happen on a And so they were like, they texted my small group. I was like, which one of y'all are vaping? And they were like, dude, chill out. What are you, why are you freaking out on us? And I was like, I know one of you is vaping. <laughs> and then so on and on where I'm te- I'm harassing them because she had this dream. And then by the end of the day, these guys come to me like, bro, so sorry. We were going to tell you, we didn't know how to tell you. <laughs> and I was like, I know you guys were because Makai had a dream about it. And so... God likes to give people dreams. I love getting dreams. I love that my wife dreams so much. It's just so much easier when you get a dream and you can confront people about it. Okay. So, words of knowledge, prophecy, there are all these ways that God will speak to you. It'll be different for everybody. Not everybody gets dreams. Not everybody has these, like, little breadcrumb thoughts that lead you... um, it's different for everybody. It'll be different for everybody as God leads you, as he wants to talk to you, as he wants to communicate to you. So we're going to talk about the riverbanks of hearing God's voice. A, there are two primary riverbanks that we always have to ensure the prophetic flows in. The stronger these banks are in our lives and the community we live in, the more powerfully the prophetic can flow. These two riverbanks banks. Are Bible and community. Everybody say Bible and community. Bible and community. Okay, so just so we're on the same page, the riverbanks are talking about like two banks, literally, that prophecy can flow through so that if it's, going, if it's going too far over one way or too far over the other way, we can always say, Does it line up with the Bible? Is my community saying this is true? If it is, then it could flow more powerfully. Amen? Okay. The Bible, the word is truth, and we need to weigh everything according to what the Bible says. It's important to understand that although everything we hear might not be scripture-like, might not be in scriptures like go to Starbucks, it will never contradict the scriptures and the nature and character of God. Two, community. When we feel like we hear God, and what we're discerning is in line with the Bible, we need to take the next step and ensure that we test these words in the community we are submitted in. This is awesome. There have already been a few, which I'm so proud of, students who have feel like they have heard God on making certain life decisions, and they have had the wisdom and the maturity to come and talk to their leaders, their room staff and say, "Hey, this is what I'm feeling from God. What do you think?" right? That is amazing. That is going to your community, making sure that you're not just like, this is what I heard from God, and I feel like I'm supposed to jump off the Ohana court in obedience. So obviously, like your leaders would be like, maybe that's not a good idea. So that's why community is there. Praise God we have community. Everybody could be happy about that. Okay, First Thessalonians 5, 20 through 21. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Right? That's talking about the word. This is the riverbank of the Bible. Do not despise prophecy, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. See 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty nine. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh in what it says. So these are Bible verses basically validating what uh, the first and second points are, the riverbanks of Bible and community. Um, and this is why the, that we have have made these riverbanks river banks in our own, because it is very biblical. Um a few ways to effectively weigh words. Everybody say, Hey. Hey. First, hear for yourself and make sure that you have your own word from the Lord. B, once you feel that you heard from the Lord, choose two to four wise people in your life and ask them to pray about with pray about it with you and weigh what the Lord had said. C, take their input. And what you felt God said in community, walk out what obedience looks like. So these are great steps to to weighing in. First, you want to make sure you have your own word of the Lord. You want to invite two or three people, right? You don't want to invite your whole room. You don't want too many different voices, especially voices that you don't necessarily trust to hear God with you. And then you take their input and what you felt like God is saying to you in community and walk out what obedience looks like. Amen? Is that clear in the effectiveness of weighing words? Okay. As we're all still growing in our ability to hear God's voice, there are four areas we must submit to leaders. No bait, no mates. Meaning don't prophesy husbands and wives over each other. Um, okay, no mates, no dates, meaning if you have a prophetic word from someone, keep yourself um, from saying, by October, you don't want to be not a billionaire, and he's like, what the heck, you gave me a word from the Lord um, about October 1st, so no, no mates, no dates, no babies, meaning the same thing as mates, basically, we're not prophesying when people are going to have babies hey, I feel like you're going to have twin boys, right? And then they don't have twin boys, and they're like, what the heck? I thought you prophesied over me. Um, No no mates, no dates, no babies, and no offices. Meaning, I'm not going to go to someone and be like, hey, I think you are the next apostle, and I think you're the next teacher, and I think you are an evangelist, right? We don't want to decide that. We'll let God decide that for people, So, can we all agree to that? No mates, no dates, no babies, and no offices. Okay, let's all say that together. Look at your neighbor and say, no mates, no dates, no babies, no offices. Yeah, everybody look at your partner and say, that's weird. That's good. Okay, are we all on the same page about these boundaries that we want to keep on our prophetic community? We love boundaries. boundaries. Boundaries are good. Boundaries are in place so that we can more effectively love each other. Okay. This is a practical application of the previous piece of advice. We should generally refrain from giving prophecies about mates specific dates, babies, and offices. These are very intimate uh, topics that a lot of harm can be done and a lot of pain is inflicted if they turn out to not be true. Not prophesying over these areas is not a general no-go, as there's no biblical command that tells us not to, as most of the time we will not be in a place of closeness, accountability, and authority to really give direction in these areas, if at all. Um, it might be more appropriate in close friendship, in a close friendship situation. But even then, we should be really, uh, we should really stress the vagueness of the word and exhort the friend to carefully check the word. When speaking into these emotional areas, we should understand the potential damage that a prophetic word or even just a wrong interpretation can cause. Okay, are we all, are we all on the same page about that? We don't want to prophesy these things just because it could damage someone, it can harm someone. I remember when Micaiah was pregnant, my wife, I got so many words about twin boys, and I mean, they're girls, but I was like so expectant, got swirled about names, and then they came out girls, and I was like, what the heck? I wanted boys! Um, Because I got so many words about boys, but I love my girls. I can't imagine not having twin girls right now. So God protected me from that kind of damage. But all that to say, it can cause harm if we're not careful, um, if we're not staying within these boundaries. Cool? This shouldn't be a one-time thing. This shouldn't be an only in the Ohana court when the fences are around so there's no distraction thing. It should be like every day, I'm trying to sharpen my prophetic edge so I can be an encouragement to my friends and to the lost. So... I'll give you a few like really, 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 really practical things that might help you is, and I understand if you're not a journaler, but what's helped me is literally when I journal, I just write down what I hear God saying so that it sharpens my own prophetic edge so that when I'm in public, I know exactly what his voice sounds like so I don't have to wonder, is that me or is that God? Another thing, I really like to pride myself on how much I include God in every detail of my life in the smallest decisions. Micaiah is always like, did you ask God if we should get chocolate milk? And I was like, no, but I will now. Yesterday, I went lobster diving with Alan last night. It was rough. There's a swell. It was crazy. Um, I cut my foot open, getting into the water. But before we went, Makai was like, did you ask God? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. (laughs) But I totally, I'm being vulnerable. I totally heard him say no, that I shouldn't go. But I was like, I want to get lobster for my mom. She's in town. And so we went, and it was a nightmare. It was a literal nightmare. We were out. The the waves were like, literally, it took us like 30 minutes to just get into the water because the waves kept throwing us onto the shore. And then I was out there, and God was like, you heard me say no. And I was like, I'm so sorry, Lord. I just need your mercy right now. And I was like, please get Alan to the shore alive. <laughs> anyway, hearing God's voice for every detail. He wants to be as involved as you, want, as, as you allow him to be. Okay. Are we all on the same page? Yeah. Journaling so that you become familiar with God's voice. Obviously, reading your Bible You, you, the more you read the Bible, someone told me this before I do anything, before I even journal, I read the word because I know it's the sure voice of God. So that I'm not confused going into my quiet time. So reading the word, journaling, hearing God for every detail, the more you do that, the more you practice it, the clearer his voice becomes to you. Amen.